Hi, everybody. It's Stefan Molyneux. Hope you're doing well. Here with James O'Keefe. He is an award-winning journalist and the founder and president of both Project Veritas and Project Veritas Action. These are nonprofit organizations dedicated to investigating corruption, dishonesty, waste, and fraud in both public and private institutions. He's also the author of the great books Breakthrough, Our Guerrilla War to Expose Fraud and Save Democracy, and American Pravda, My Fight for Truth in the Era of Fake News. The website is projectveritas.com. Donate to them, but save some of your money for homeschooling, because the uh, videos have dropped that have confirmed, I think, what a lot of us felt about teachers' unions. So let's talk a little bit about why you decided to open your Bombays of Truth over this particular target. What was the lead up and why did you choose this group? Well, Stefan, you know, I, I saw a quote recently where at first they said the truth, the truth is first ridiculed, then it's opposed, and then it becomes self-evident. And this is one of those issues where people say, well, right wing or right center. This is one of those issues where there's a great lie that has been concocted about education. And if you don't, if you want reforms, if you want accountability, even if you just want basic transparency, even if you want to ask them a difficult question, you hate kids, right? If you want to talk about fraud and abuse and corruption, and that's something that's happening more and more in government, right? So, and in, and in society in general. So nothing is as bad and nothing is as low-hanging fruit as in the teachers' unions. This is an organization which claims to care about kids, and if you want to take one penny away from their budgets, you hate children. So let's examine that that lie. Let, let's take a look at that under a magnifying glass. Let's actually see what they think about the children. And in the first, you know, in the first video, you have a, you have a president of the union, uh, David Perry, PhD, Dr. David Perry, with a banner behind his head that said, we support the kids. And he is he's saying into the camera that he turns the abuse back onto the child, uh, distorts the truth. Uh, he actually says, we quote, bend the truth. And you couldn't come up with a caricature of a union guy if you were a Hollywood screenwriter. Gavin and I were talking about this. And then you have the lady in Union City, who's the president of the union, who's talking about covering up a child abuse. And it's just disgusting. I mean, so what, what tipped me off, I, I can go back years ago, what, what, what made me care about this issue, being a product of public schools in New Jersey and being from New Jersey. But um, this is not the only state that we have done. And unlike last year, Stefan, we have done so many states in this investigation that this is just the beginning of a, of a long blitzkrieg on education reform. And we need to have this conversation completely, fundamentally, and desperately as a society. Because there's this leftist argument that says, you know, whoever pays the piper calls the tune, and that those who have power will inevitably abuse it. Now, they generally reserve that for the evil, monocle-wearing, hand-rubbing capitalists. But here we have a situation where the parents aren't paying the teachers, the teacher being paid through coercive property taxes. And so, fundamentally, the product uh, and what's being defended are the teacher's tenure, the teacher's income, the teacher's pensions. The children, to me at least, almost are like a byproduct and a hostage of that entire situation. The kind of corruption that your videos expose seem to me almost inevitable, given the coercive nature of the funding of government schools. It's almost the question to me, like, how could it really have shaken out otherwise? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. And I'm not a. I'm not a as an expert completely an expert on the subject matter expertise of how this is manifested, but I am an expert on exposing the waste, fraud, abuse, and corruption. And, and, and if you haven't seen these tapes, I hope you link to them in your, in your description. But if, if, I mean, this is truly 
there was a quote back in the early 80s, I think it was late 70s, early 80s, where someone said, when children start paying for union dues, we will care about them. That was the head of the teachers union. This is along those lines. This is like a Lyndon B. Johnson quote. Once once I'll, ha- I'll have these African-Americans, although he didn't use that word, voting Democrat for 200 years if, he, if I do these social programs. This is really, really bad. I mean, the woman in the tape today, Valencia is her name, she's actually quoted as saying, um, we are protecting the pension of this guy who had sex with a teenage girl and he's not going to jail. And the way she says it, Stefan, in the tape, what's remarkable is it's almost like she's shoving this down the throat of the interviewer. She's like, we, we, he will not go to jail. And, he, and he, it's almost like she wants the undercover journalist to read her lips and, and enunciate what she's saying. This is a I mean, they're like mobsters and, and it's, and it was grotesque. And, and I can tell you that the people of New Jersey right now are pissed off. I mean, it's on the front page of every paper. They've been, they've been suspended. Both people have now been suspended today. And, uh, the the NJEA, which is the national education, the NJEA has actually yesterday, Stefan, they were saying that I'm a criminal, this sort of thing. And then today they have reversed. 180 degrees. They're going to say they're saying they're doing a complete review of their standards and practices in the state. And <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of funny how this happens because I've always believed that the truth is so powerful that they cannot cover it up. It is so it is so real. You know, I've, I said this on your program before. Like Saint Augustine said, the truth is like a lie; you just let it out. And what's remarkable about the, this is a very personal story about me and Project Veritas because they have thrown everything but the kitchen sink at this organization and my colleagues. They have used every trick in the book. The propagandists have used every device imaginable to try to cover up what we've exposed, and they have still failed. And for all of you cynics watching this program, oh, it doesn't matter, nobody cares. It's on the front page of every newspaper in New Jersey right now, and the parents are pissed. So I, I would argue that we have proved, we have uh, given you a case study of how you can beat propaganda. So it's not just about the teachers union, of course it's not. It's about the media, which it's, it's gotten criminal now, what the media is doing, in not reporting and covering up the child abuse inside of these organizations. So it, I think it's an existential story. It's just gotten started. And I'm very excited to see people's hearts and minds changing on the issue, Stefan. Some amazing takeaways from these videos. And I have, I guess, the hardened exoskeleton of somebody who stared deep into the maw of corruption over the course of his adult life. I'm glad in a way I still retain the ability to be shocked by this, James, because otherwise it would feel a little bit of a cold universe. But Dr. David Perry and and the other woman too, they seem to have there's sort of like these cliched central casting manifestation yes. of not just the sort of the thuggish elements or the sinister elements, but also this weird postmodernism. I was really struck by two yes. quotes. The one was Dr. David Perry saying, I need to know the truth so we can bend the truth. And it's like, you know, when you bend it, it's not the truth anymore. That's that's sort of an important epistemological point on the planet. It's not the truth when you bend it. I need to have a window so I can throw a ball through it. Well, once you throw a ball through it, it's not a window anymore. And uh-huh. the woman's saying, nothing happened, nothing happened. Like, like a weird druidic incantation that can somehow make it true. This idea that the mind and the language and so on can bend reality to the will of corrupt people. I mean, it's a weird kind of postmodernism, subjectivism, relativism. I don't know what to call it other than 
I think that's an amazing analysis. I, I, I was taken away by when, when uh, Valencia says to the undercover, again, you have to, your audience has to know, the undercover went in with a hypothetical situation, but by doing that, by saying, oh, I have this friend who abused students, that just elicited a smorgasbord of fraud. They were just like, well, we did this over here with shoplifters and drug abusers. And then Valencia goes, we actually, she goes, this file, she holds up papers in, in, in front of the camera, like the button camera, this file right here, is of a case where uh, a teacher actually uh, a, a teacher had sex with an uh, with a teenage girl, and we're protecting the pension. And she's is he going to jail? Is he going to jail? No. And uh, you're right. It's almost like this postmodern, you know, bizarre moment where there is a moment where Perry does have some introspection. He almost says, "Look, it's a terrible job." He says, "It's awful what we do, but it's my job." is to you know, protect the worst of, Perry says, the worst teachers, the worst people. That's my job to turn, now I confronted Perry, Stefan. I, I, I went down to- I just saw you just released that, and, right? That uh, just came out. What's remarkable is he comes out of the building and he's wearing a track suit. And you know, he looks like something you would cast out of central casting, cast a jumpsuit, like a union guy in New Jersey. And he's got this little puppy dog that runs out of the work office and he's chasing around the puppy dog in circles while I have the microphone. And I saw a comment from someone who said, union guys, they all wear track suits, but they haven't actually used them to go jogging since the not, 80s. Not a lot of jumping in the jumpsuit, I think. <laughs> not a lot of jumping in the jumpsuit. But there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of tragedies and ironies inherent in this cinema verite. Um, I, I got to say that the content, I could just read quotes. I, I don't know if you want to do yeah, that. Yeah, do it. Content. I mean, the content um, if he hit the kid, he hit the kid. It is what it is. This is what Dave Perry says. I mean, it's 30, it's a 30 minute long tape. Um, we, we published 20 minutes of it. The union initially, the union initially said that this was a selectively edited video. This is what they always say. But the Trent, the Trent, uh, Trenton newspaper, the Trentonian it's called actually came out and said a broken clock is right twice a day. Project Veritas is the broken clock. It is. They actually defended the video. They said, this is real. It was good that it's exposed, but they called us a broken clock that was right twice a day. Um, and, and it goes on, but this video is a 20 minute long video. We believe that Stefan, that the, uh, individuals in the video broke New Jersey law. There is a mandatory reporting requirement that if you know of child abuse, so they may they may be criminally uh, culpable for this. Well, and it's very clear that the rules are set up to protect the union, to protect the teachers, and to be manipulated uh, against, obviously, the spirit of the rules. So Dr. Perry saying, I'll backdate your report to make it right. seem fresher in your mind. Like he can come in, it's weeks later, but I'll backdate the report so it looks more fresh, more vivid, more real. Let's sit on this until the video is erased from the security cameras. This stalling, this avoidance, and we'll turn it back on the kid. Ooh, <laughs> that is so cold. We'll get to the woman and her horrifying there, there is, language. Yeah. Let me, let's talk about Perry for a second. This is, and I, and I hope everyone listening to this actually, it's worth 20 minutes. Trust me. I can't, you can't make it up. Hollywood screenwriters text me and they go, I can't cast a guy to play the role. <laughs> it's too the cliched. dating report, um, quote, we do turn these reports around to where if it was a physical punch, it wasn't a punch. It was a shove. Uh, we're going to backdate the report to the day after the incident. We're going to bring it down a level. If it comes to me tomorrow, I'm going to backdate it. And he says, don't tell 
a soul. Now, what's interesting is that when Perry says, you need to not tell a soul about this, it's almost a mirror image of when Patricia Paleo, the president of the teachers union in Yonkers last year, said to our undercover reporter the same thing. She says, don't you effing tell anybody anything. Now, your listeners might go, how does James O'Keefe get these people to say these things? Do I manipulate them? Do I use voodoo? Do I use some type of sophisticated psychological paralysis? The answer is, is not, you know, the simplest answer is the, uh, the simplest explanation is the answer here. They're so arrogant and they're so greedy because they've never been asked a difficult question in their, in probably their lives. They have a, a complicit media that eats up every statement they give them and there's no accountability. So as a result of that, it actually makes my job far easier than it is for for me to expose Twitter engineer shadow banning. That's actually quite a more sophisticated and complicated thing to get. This is, there's no, uh, they've never been held accountable and they're so arrogant. And, and <laughs> this is remarkable. We, they had actually become wise to us that day because we had blanketed the state. And Perry tells the undercover reporter, now there are people sneaking around, so I gotta be careful what I say. But let's get into this now. Wait, wait, so he wait, that's him being careful? Well, he's but they're but they're so arrogant, and the cognitive dissonance has gotten to a degree where they're so arrogant that he actually doesn't even have the introspection to realize. After telling the undercover reporter there are people sneaking around, he just launches right into it. And well, that's, that's like, well, well there are people cover. sneaking around, so I'm only going to show you where half the bodies are buried because I got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, I'm only going to be half. Is outrageous, which is more outrageous than any of us can fathom. But he, but he is certainly outrageous. Um, uh, 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 a never-ending litany of quotes here. That's why I would never want to bring it up. The longer we wait, the longer there's no there's no camera. Mm -hmm. And we have a school break coming up. That's what's really nice because nobody is going to be looking. You know how many cases I've won. Uh, she f five times the teacher. This is a real teacher was fired, and I got her job back five times because I defend, quote, the worst people. So listen, listen, Stefan, I, I gave um, a few speeches in the last few weeks and the cynicism is driving me nuts in this country. People are so cynical and they believe that none of this stuff matters. And I'm here to tell you right now, today, that Project Veritas got two presidents of the teachers union fired in 24 hours. And we have tape after tape after tape throughout the month of May. And if you think that these, this is bad, next video, I'm going to release documents. I'm going to show you the actual documentation with the names in them. And it gets better. And it gets, I mean, better in terms of the exposure. So I think one of the things that we're fighting is not just the corruption in the teachers union, but the hopelessness that pervades the community that watches this broadcast. I think that we can shatter the illusions. I think that we can shatter the propaganda. And, and we will. It just takes a sort of willpower and the desire to break through their narrative, and and, and we're working on it, and 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 um, there's a lot more to come. But I'm I'm very excited, and and we probably should talk about Valencia as well, <laughs> this other union official. The, this woman's dripping contempt for the children in the school was one of the most extraordinary things. Where she talks about the dirtbag kids, the dirtbag class, the dirtbag yes. gang going to people's shitty houses and not being scared yes. of them, like the, the contempt and the coarseness. I mean, okay, it's New Jersey, so there's that kind of cliche, but the right. coarseness and the harshness of the, of the language, it is, um, it's, it's fundamentally it's terrifying shocking. that these are the people that tender-minded 
children are sent under the care of. Yeah, the the the, the casual nature in her utterance of the N-word in this tape, this is something that the left is probably going to, it's one of the reasons she probably got suspended. Uh, years ago, Anderson Cooper was more upset at the casual utterance of the N-word in a case where the union leader was relaying an incident, but she's very casual about that. Um, and I would even go so far as to say that she's more gangster than Dave Perry. I mean, the sort of thing that she says here is no one's hurt, no one saw it. Nothing happened. You're fine. It's just almost like she's telling the, the she's the coach telling the person she's the postmodern thing. No, there's nothing that nothing happened. You're fine. Nothing happened. Don't even think about it. You're fine. And and she calls the children scumbags. Again, she's supposed to be representing the the uh, the, the children. She asks if there anything was filed. When she finds out that there were no medical reports filed, she she says that you are going to be fine. She tells him what to do. She says. Um, how you're going to avoid detection. And she tells an actual incident, a case where a teacher actually protected or the teacher was uh, having sex with a teenage girl and they protected it and they're protecting their pension. So what I what I've asked uh, people to do is get the name of the teacher because that teacher is at large. That, that teacher is actually a, a teacher out at large who's had sex with a teenage girl and still has his pension, probably still teaching. We don't know the name of the teacher. Um, he, uh, let's see, quote, he's going to pass him and give him a 65. Valencia actually tells the, the teacher to give the te the kid a, a, a better grade in order, in order to make this go away, quote, and God forbid anybody calls him in, your brother has no idea, uh, quote, yeah, the kid tripped and fell, but I asked him, he said he was perfectly fine. Yeah, we met, he, he told me he was fine. So again, more fraud. Uh, it goes on and on um, in this tape. You got this omerta thing, this code of silence, where she says, "Your brother's not going to admit anything happened. The only witness is the scumbag kid. Sc scumbag kid. He's got a record. I mean, this sealing the, the up in this. Kid, the scumbag kid is the one who who was assaulted. I mean, I, I can't. Uh, um, you know, I, I wrote an email about going back to the whole theme about propaganda and breaking through narratives. I, I actually wrote an email to my supporters, and I thought it'd be good to share it with you. Uh, going back to the themes in American Pravda, Pravda being the, the Russian word for truth. I reread Edwin Bernays, the book that was literally called Propaganda. It was by Edwin Bernays and Walter Lippmann and these sorts of people from 100 years ago. They argued that the people were too stupid. They were too stupid to get the information because they couldn't handle the raw information. So I think that things have become so perverse because you had these people in the establishment who had to interpret things for us. And there's actually one of James Comey's heroes, a guy named Reinhold Niebuhr, who actually believed that we had to create, quote, oversimplifications and, quote, necessary illusions for the people because the people are too stupid. Uh, uh, Dean Lippmann or Walter Lippmann and call them the bewildered herd. We need to tame the bewildered herd, AKA the people need to be tamed with these stereotypes and oversimplifications. And one such simplification, if I could be so bold, is we support our troops. You can't argue with that. Uh, it, it, I, I support troops, but there's no way that you can argue we support our troops, right? Another one is, uh, why don't you, you know, why don't you support the children? Why don't you support the children? This oversimplification, that, is what we are shattering here. As these teachers strike across the country, as people walk out of schools because they don't get everything they're bargaining for, you have the shattering, the absolute shattering of propaganda 
with this expose. And it cuts right to the heart, right to the very heart of everything we've been fed for, for, for 60 for, to 80 years of progressive narrative about support the children. Um, it's a big deal. It is a, it don't, don't, don't underestimate this expose when two people have been fired here. And by the way, if you're a mathematician and you do confidence intervals, you know that I didn't hit every pre, uh, union office in the country, right? Maybe I hit 2% of them. So if we have two people who've been <laughs> resigned here out of, let's say I hit 2%, what does that equate to nationally? A hundred, 200 presidents covering up statutory rape and child abuse. Big deal, Stefan. Big deal indeed. Now, their argument is always the same. It's first of all, deny obscure. But if you can't, first of all, suspend rather than fire. Of course, that's almost inevitable given the paperwork required to get these people out of their big giant ass seats. But they will say, well, you know, in every large organization, James, don't you know, there's just there's gonna be a few bad apples, you know, we've dealt with the problem, everything's fine. But here's the problem, these people are in charge. And the other thing is, of course, we would assume or we would expect those who educate our young to have very finely tuned antennae to figuring out the difference between good and evil between integrity and corruption. They need to be moralists because the most foundational aspect of a child's education is an education in civilization and morality. And so if the teachers' unions and if the teachers as a whole and if the administrators and the bureaucrats and the politicians are fundamentally unable to tell a good person from a bad person, pointing at the bad apples is entirely inefficient and unproductive and ridiculous strategy because it's your job to figure out those bad apples and get rid of them. And if you can't, you're one of them. Yeah, they, they have to protect the bad apples, I suppose, because they consider themselves under siege in our tribal divided culture right now. I suppose they can't give an inch. Same thing with Planned Parenthood. A lot of these organizations are, are, are battling like Vikings with shields, unable to yield. But what happens is that that becomes corrupt. Uh, you, you know, you said it, Lord Acton, absolute power tends to corrupt and, and abs you know, power tends to corrupt. Absolutely. He said tends to corrupt. It doesn't always corrupt. But what happens is you have this, the public employee unions are so powerful because they have the power of narrative and the power of media and the power of culture that, that you hate the children if you don't, if you cut one penny from our budget. And, 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 and that's the, and, and that, that, that power has corrupted in the culture. It's that simple. It's not complicated. It's propaganda. It's all it is. And that power is corrupt. So, so your point is, well, they're going to say that we're just isolated incidents. Well, I would point to the, the quote by Dave Perry in the video where he says, this is my job. Make no mistake. This is what I do here. I defend the worst of the worst. That's what I have to do. Now they would argue, Stefan, that but in order to defend the children, they have to defend the institutions. That's that's their that's their argument in a nutshell. In fact, that's what Betsy DeVos is currently fighting against, and she got lampooned for fighting against that argument. But again, power tends to corrupt, and when you and when you make it your sole mission on earth to defend the worst human beings imaginable, you your soul becomes corrupted. And uh, I think they're going to have to do a lot of soul searching. I think they're and and they are. The NJEA just did a big review. But as Alinsky would say, we need to keep the pressure on. Uh, you know, Orwell writes in 1984 in a, the Forbidden Diary of Winston. You know, Winston argues the freedom freedom is the freedom to say that two plus two equals four is what he says. That's freedom, and he says it's the freedom to say that stones are hard, that water is wet, 
and unsupported objects fall towards the earth center. That's freedom. And I think what this expose on, on teachers union reveals is that stones are hard, water is wet, and unsupported objects fall towards the earth center. That is to say that teachers union leadership is in the business of protecting scum. Don't take my word for it. The union president quite literally calls ch children scumbags when they're abused by teachers. The president of the Trenton Teachers Union Association says that we bend the truth to protect the worst. So this is all this is all this is all this is is a little bit of uh, cinema verite. It's a little bit of reality. It's it's a dose of reality in a very corrupt, unjust world and a very corrupt media. And I, I'm proud to do it. I will say that um, it's very important that we do a lot of this. Uh, uh, this is not a flash in the pan. There are many videos coming uh, next week, the week after, et cetera, et cetera. And I think this will be. If I think this will go down in the history books. I'm not trying to sound pretentious. I'm not trying to sound um, uh, uh, histrionic here. I believe that this is going to crack their dam. And well, I, and, and yeah, let's let's talk it. a little bit um, about the media as a whole, because yeah. this, of course, I'm glad you're doing it, but it, the argument could easily be made, James, this all should have been done decades ago. And the question is, why hasn't the media done this kind of work? I think the answer is pretty clear that they're generally on the left, they're generally Democrats. And of course, as we know, a huge amounts of money flow from the coerced union dues of the teachers through the teachers unions and into the uh, Democrat establishment. So they don't want to interfere with that flow of money. So uh, they don't interfere with uh, the teachers unions. As a result, of course, they have to attack you uh, roundly because right. you're not part of that equation. So you can bring an objectivity and a clarity to it that they should have been uh, doing that. There's very little reporting left in America, as is the case, yes. I think, in most of the Western world. There's very little reporting. There's political activism for the left uh, that's right. masquerading as reporting. So talk about what this means in terms of your relationship to the media and what it exposes, not just about the teachers unions, but about the media that hasn't been doing their job low these many years. What a great topic of conversation and the subject that and I write about ad nauseum in, in my book, American Pravda, uh, but absolutely worth talking about in the context of this story. Uh, the media is part of a system-supported propaganda function that, that manufactures consent or what Lippmann called engineers' consent because they have a relationship with the established powers. It's that simple. It does, it's not some conspiracy theory. It's just very straightforward. The media cannot challenge ordained narratives. In other words, you can't you can't cut against the grain because of the economic and political ramifications of doing that. A very specific example was the Creamer videos that you covered a year and a half ago. Yeah. All the major media corporations were unable to report that story because they feared retaliation from Hillary Clinton when she was elected. In other words, Hillary's FCC would have would have um, punished them, spanked them by taking away their broadcast credentials. So there's very literal economic reasons for that. And it's, it's, it's not so much politics as it is sort of market incentive forces because the government's involved in everything and can retaliate. And it's litigation, Stefan. I mean, I, uh, Randy Weingarten issued a restraining order against me in Michigan. I am going to release the videos anyway. You heard that right. In, uh, in Michigan and other places. 
So it's litigation and they just sue the hell out of you. And then most people are afraid of lawsuits. I would argue Donald Trump is not afraid of lawsuits. That's kind of funny. I guess we're synergistic in that way. But the, most people are very afraid. They go running for the hills. They crouch in the fetal position. The moment they get sued, Project Veritas has some 15 pieces of litigation against us and we just keep going. And it's almost like Martin Luther, here we stand, we can do no other. And and if I have to be bankrupt and homeless and doing it, then hopefully people will send in enough money. And they do. We were able to make payroll barely every month with that philosophy in mind. Uh, further than that, um, you have this sort of Chomsky argument. Chomsky's a leftist, but Chomsky argued that the media, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, easier to accept uh, the status quo and do stories about squirrels on skateboards and you know, what Fox and Friends sorts to do, which is just cheap bubblegum journalism. It's just cheap. It's, it's a lot easier to tweet some bombastic thing and get 20,000 people to retweet you than it is to embed an undercover reporter for you know two months at great peril, both physically, uh, emotionally, economically, not to mention none of the people in the left have to do any of this because they have a monolithic culture ac academy and media, they don't have to do it. Why be a masochist and go through all the pain and effort and energy to go undercover when you can just blurt out your stuff on a teleprompter in front of millions? So all of, for all of these reasons, and I could talk about this for hours, for all of these reasons, Stefan, we're the only uh, established undercover news organization pretty much in the United States. Right. Now, let's talk about how people can help you help them. Because, uh, of course, all of this costs money and uh, you want to avoid, I think, as most of us on the cutting edge of this intellectual movement, wish to avoid things like advertising, because advertisers can be so easily targeted and may end up having some sort of even unconscious sway of the direction of your organization. So let's talk a little bit about how important donors are and what people can do to help in this essential work. Well, I think I think it's a very good question. And, and we are donor funded and we're a nonprofit organization. You know, uh, uh, capital tends to chase capital. In, in other words, um, there's nothing wrong with being a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. You're a capitalist. We're all capitalists. But this sort of work, investigative journalism used to be a loss leader. That is to say, you really have to be philanthropic with this. You can't you can't expect that you can make a profit on being sued by all these powerful people <laughs> like Randy Weingarten who want to shut us down and, and the California attorney general who is quite now, literally right now trying to unmask the identity of undercover people. So it requires philanthropy. It requires wealthy people who believe in the mission and believe in the vision of Project Veritas, which is the vision is simple. We want to empower free people with information. We believe that when people are given raw visuals, that they will be compelled to make the right policy choices. That's our vision. So if you're a wealthy person, if you're a person of means in this country, I don't care if it's $100, $1,000, $10,000, $100,000, make a tax-deductible donation to Project Veritas. Make, make a donation to Stefan Molyneux as well. I mean, you know, what he's doing is great because he's giving our us an opportunity to send our message out, and people see this show a lot more than you might think, even in the establishment. So philanthropy is incredibly important in this day and age. And I think, um, you know, like I said, here I stand, I can do no other. I'm not going to stop, uh, and uh, I can only do it with, with, the, with financial support. One last comment about something that was brewing in my brain while I was watching this stuff, James, which is... You know what popped into my head was the Me Too movement. And I'll tell you why. Because 
these teachers, these union leaders and so on are all saying, it's your word against his. There were no witnesses. It was a private moment. You know, he can't win. He's got this sort of reminds me of the status of women sometime in the past where, you know, a guy would be um, rapey or grabby or or inappropriate in some manner. Like, hey, it's your word against mine. It's he said, she said. Now, the, the left's solution, for want of a better phrase to that issue, is say, well, believe the victim, believe the person who has the least power. Mm. And it really struck me just how, well, it was two weeks ago. There's no physical evidence. It's your word against right. his. He can't do anything. And that struck me as, can we at least start to elevate this conversation so that children have a voice in these kinds of altercations? Because children have very little reason to lie about these things. I'm not saying they never do, yes. but they have very little reason to. And it kind of struck me as kind of uh, a way of viewing this silencing of children's voices, which seems to be occurring relentlessly in these videos. And it reminds me back in the day of how women were silenced when they had complaints about how they were treated. Great point. Makes and the, the the Catholic Church did some terrible things that that were rightly exposed by the Boston Globe, which won a Pulitzer Prize. But the the, the teachers union uh, thugs in these videos, presidents make the they make them look like the Boy Scouts. <laughs> what they're doing in these videos. My, one argument about this, this angle is is the as you point out the Me Too angle to it, and I, and I would argue that this is where we the people can learn something. It's that we, in order to expose them, we have to make them live up to their own book of rules. That is to say, race, sex, and class. If we, if we approach these investigations and these exposés and these, and the truth in terms of the things that outrage them, we will, we will slash their Achilles heel. I, I guarantee, and, and don't take my word for it. They just fired two people today. It's almost like instead of talking about choice and freedom, I mean, these things are important. Don't get me wrong. I think it's important that people know about this. But but we have that in plentitude. We have that in spades. We have white papers. We have blogs. We have books. I mean, thousands and thousands of books. And who's, but, but what about the gorilla part of it? What about the Me Too? Hashtag Me Too and the teachers union. How about that? How about the how about the the you know lifestyles of the rich and Marxist? If you want to approach it from a class from a class perspective, how about racism? And I know that I I think I, some of your commenters even pushed back on this a little bit, but but I would challenge them. I would push back on them a little bit. Your audience, I know that this might not be comfortable for them, but but I would actually start weaponizing your arguments. You're not going to win. If you want to lose, fine. If you want to win, here's how you do it: weaponize your philosophy in the context of their reasoning, okay? Use their own postmodern weaponry against them. Fight fire with fire. A lot of people are gonna like that. They're gonna say that's immoral, but you know what? I would argue that the nadir of immorality is to do nothing. I would argue the nadir of immorality is to lose and to, and to, and to descend into the same patterns of history that have happened in the mid 20th century. If that's what you wanna do, do it. I, I adhere to a different model that appears to be working because they fired two presidents of the teachers union today and they're reforming all of the things in education. So our model works. And then you guys can be given a platform to advance your economic philosophy. I would argue the model is simple. Make them live up to their own book of rules, as Saul Linsky would say. Use the weaponry of race, sex, and class against them. And when you do that, you have an opening. Me Too is huge, Stefan, with this stuff. These, these guys are covering up child abuse, and it's not just the, uh, the word of the student. Uh, Valencia, the president of the New Jersey Union there, says, quote, um, 
he had sex with a teenage girl. Uh, that's a direct quote. Well, everything not, that's not, sorry to interrupt, but everything that's not proven in the past yeah. is now open to question. Because he openly talks about changing the dates and waiting for video to evaporate and making sure people don't talk. So if there's an active suppression, then to me, every single disciplinary action or every single record that this guy's ever put together or people like him is open to question and review because they've openly admitted that they're fabricating and forging and waiting for uh, video to to roll off the, the deletion queue and yeah. so on. So this is a very <laughs> essential thing. What other, in the past, what other... Uh, issues has he touched that have been corrupted? That, that, that's that's a, a tip of the iceberg, a, a, a needle in a haystack. But it, that, 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 it comes down to that quote from Valencia where she says he had the sex with his student. OK, they're not going to jail. They're not going to go to jail. You know what this whole file is about? It's about whether or not to keep their pension. So we've already established that the person who had sex with a teenage girl is not going to jail. We've moved on from that issue. Now we're trying to protect the pension. So it's not even up for dispute, Stefan. Um, if, if there's something your audience can do here, do a little uh, 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 pressure on the on the group, is to find out the name of the teacher. Yeah. We get the name of the teacher, we win. And then we find out all the other files that exist in the filing cabinets of the NJEA. By the way, stay tuned. That's coming next week. Right. So here's what I would like people to do, put out this suggestion. Obviously, watch the videos. Share, share, share the videos. Um, and and people need to do this. You know, it, it, we always say, well, we, we care about the children. It's all about the children. The children are our future. Okay, here's something that is not very time intensive that you need to do, which is to share these videos, share Project Veritas's website, go and donate and help out what they do. You know, we can't take all our money with us, but we can do things that actually do help children, like expose Huge. this kind of corruption. So uh, I really, really want to put that mind uh, thought, thought into people. We'll put the links to the videos directly below. Just go and yes. share them. Spend 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Go Huge. and share them. Make sure that people see this information. Huge, very, very good point, Stefan. If you can put the links, I, I assume they'll be in the description. So all you commenters have to do out there is just copy and paste the link to the video and post it on all of your social. If you do that, you will change the world. Because if you haven't watched it, I mean, this is the most unbelievable thing to happen to leadership in public education in a hundred years. All you have, to, it's very simple. Just paste the video, you watch it. Um, it that's all I have to ask you guys to do is, and maybe if you're extra bold, is to call or email the uh, NEA, NJEA, and get the name of the teacher who had sex with the student. But, but, but just at the very least, copy and paste those URLs into your social media browsers. That's right. That's all the revolution takes is two little keystrokes. It's all it takes at the moment. And so, uh, of course, thanks as always for taking the time today, James. Thanks as always for the amazing work that you're doing. You guys still accepting resumes from people interested in working with you? Yes, uh, careers at careers at projectveritas.com, and we have a department that spends all all day every day vetting and recruiting and, and placing undercover people. Fantastic. Well, thanks again. I am going to stay up all night and just wait for the next one to drop. No, I don't think I'm able to do that. I'm a bit <laughs> old for that now, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. Thanks again for all you do. Thanks, Stefan. Thank you very much.